0: This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this part of E3's Online Learning Educator Series. This series was created to assist schools by providing different tools and strategies to make online learning successful for teachers and students. I'm Lawrence Xu, Dean of Instruction Assessment and Innovation. I'm here with two of my colleagues, Mr. Zhang and Mr. Sherudi. Mr. Zhang is a math learning facilitator and Mr. Sherudi is a computer science learning facilitator. Today we will cover the topics of how to introduce Zoom to students how to engage students when using Zoom, how to manage the class in Zoom, how to structure instructions in Zoom, how to check for understanding and how to use breakout room efficiently in Zoom. We're from E3 Civic High, a public charter school, located in the Downtown Central Library. Our school received the closure notification on March along with the rest of schools in the county. On the same day, we quickly developed a discipline plan and shared it with our scholars and parents. On the following Monday, March 16th, we started a distance learning model by using Google Meets as the platform. The next day, we transitioned from Google Meets to Zoom and have used Zoom. How did we introduce our scholars Mr. Zhang will lead
1: us through Uh, so one of the first things we did was post the links of the zoom meetings in Google classroom as well as Google calendar so that students would have uh, two places they can go to access our zoom meetings and then we also uh, rolled out some netiquette education through our advisory uh, period which is very similar to homeroom uh, for many other schools and districts. And essentially we emphasized that all scholars needed to have their video cameras on, uh, one for the socio-emotional aspect um, where scholars can be social, uh, see each other on camera and interact with each other. And another was ensuring the safety of all scholars um, while they are in our classrooms. And then we also wanted them to you know, prepare like it was a regular school day. So get out of bed, get dressed, um, eat breakfast. And so they would come into the virtual classroom with the mindset that they're ready to learn. And then we are also continuously exploring and learning about Zoom, um, as well as the uh, virtual learning environment together. Uh, So how we engage students with Zoom. Uh, First, one of the biggest things that we use is screen sharing on Zoom so that all students can see what uh, we see, uh, whether that be slides or discussion boards or whatever. And then we also use uh, Pear Deck, and then Nearpod is another substitute for Pear Deck, where students can individually uh, see the slides that you have shared with them. Um, And then we also build in discussion boards through Google Classroom as well as Padlet, so that students are able to... Um, have those discussions like they would in the classroom, but on an in an online format. Emotional support is really important while we are in this learning space. So uh, we have mindfulness checks throughout the day. We try to do fun things like virtual backgrounds with Zoom so that students get some, you know, creative and fun ways to engage in the classroom. And then we also hold office hours either during lunch or after school uh, so that students who need additional support can still come see us uh, in the virtual learning environment. So here are just some examples of um, like mindfulness checks. So for warm-ups, um, you know, students could write things like Rosebud Thorn um, just to kind of reflect on how things have been going, um, talking about the good things as well as challenging things. Um, We might also do like three-minute or five-minute meditation exercises uh, just to calm students down and prepare them uh, for the school day. Um, And then we also really make sure to build student buy-in because that has been really important, especially in an online environment. Uh, So first establishing a clear structure with a daily agenda and then presenting interesting problems that students... Um, really want to think about and solve and then through all of that building in collaborative activities so that students can still work together um, in this time and some of the keys there are assigning roles so that all students have ownership uh, going into those collaborative activities and then um, providing you know word problems multi-step challenges uh, where they really have to think things through. Uh, So here is an example of one of my slides in math that I've used uh, this graphic organizer uh, makes it much easier for students to follow along and then with Zoom, you can also write on your slides so that students can know what to fill in the blanks and it really breaks things down and scaffolds for students appropriately. Um, so all of that can still be done on Zoom. And then this is an example of a word problem that I've given my students um, where they've had to work in groups to write an inequality Um, about the weight that the elevator at our school, E3 Civic High can hold. And then they are on the next slide, then asked to solve the problem um, that the group wrote. There might be some group share outs. um, And so every student has a role uh, when in these collaborative activities. And then lastly, uh, engaging students through physical movement while uh, in this learning environment And I have an example of that on the next slide as well. Uh, So this is something that I've done recently where uh, I asked students to take a picture or a video of something at home that can represent a polynomial expression. Um, I uploaded a couple examples here so that they could see what I have done or what I have found. And then I asked them to go to Padlet um, to upload those so that they can view each other's um, pictures or videos and start kind of a discussion board there. Um, that require them to like move around um, in their home, find things. Some of my students, you know, went outside to shoot a basketball. Um, So those are just more engaging things that we've done through Zoom. And then the classroom management aspect, um, making sure that all video cameras are on. Uh, We're able to monitor all of our students' activities on their laptop through Dyno. Um, We're able to have one-on-one conversations through Zoom in breakout rooms. And then there is the community building piece so that all students can feel uh, included and safe in this virtual environment. And with that, um, with community building, I just do a lot of check-ins um, where you know students can talk to each other and share their thoughts about um, how all of this is affecting them and their family. Now, Mr. Sherruti will talk about instruct- structuring instruction in Zoom.
2: Teaching with Zoom is not simply teaching your regular classroom lesson, but online. You need to change your instruction slightly to handle Zoom, um, both to take advantage of its uh, advantages and to diminish the disadvantages that you're going to experience. There's three different modes of instruction that we'll talk about here that may be familiar to other types of instructions you've seen before, like Flip Classroom. The synchronous learning that goes on when everybody's connected together in Zoom, the asynchronous learning that you push off to, to offline, and then the small group learning that goes on. We need to remember that online, our students aren't going to learn as much as they would if you were directly in front of them in the classroom. So we need to keep our instruction simple. We need to break it down even smaller than we would in the classroom into individual parts. Um, And we need to include student presentations and class discussions to keep it engaging and to provide that socialization. Our asynchronous work should provide formative checks built in, and we can do this with a bunch of different tools that we have available to us. Some of the examples are IXL, Edpuzzle, Khan Academy, and through Google Forms. Checking for understanding in Zoom can be done with built-in Zoom tools as well. So we can just use the Zoom built-in emotions to have applause or thumbs up in the reactions. And this gives us the ability to instantly check, are you following? Um, we can also use the Zoom polling to ask a question and get back a, a response. And those can be set up on the fly or in advance. Zoom also gives us ability to have um, votes in the participants tab. So we can ask a yes or no question or even phrase a question such that a yes or no answer can handle it and answer that directly through Zoom. And in that way, we can check all the students, whether they're following us at the time. This is important because in Zoom, you're not going to see all your students at the same time, and you're not going to have a lot of the body language clues that you're used to seeing, so you need to replace them with specific checks for understanding. We can also use Paradox, which we've talked about before, to get accountability as we're going through our direct instruction and have them fill in answers as we go through and see that everybody's... Keeping up with the class and mastering the material. It's important, again, in Zoom to make sure you have a random call. So you may want to use a separate tool that picks who to call on. One of the problems is, again, is typically you only see a portion of your class in Zoom. The rest of the class is hidden from you. So you may forget about a a student. A student may drift to the back of the room, for example. So randomly calling on your students. Make sure that everyone's getting checked. Finally, don't forget about games that we can use to check for instruction. Things like Kahoot! and Quizlet! and Jeopardy! are great ways to build engagement and simultaneously get a feeling for, is your class keeping up with the material? Breakout rooms are an amazing tool in Zoom if you learn how to use them right. One of the most important things is when you break your students out into breakout rooms, you are putting them out on an island by themselves. Now you can drop in and check on them, but they're not gonna have somebody to immediately turn to and ask a question. So they need to know before they go to the breakout room what the task is, what's expected of them, how to get help, and what they're responsible for bringing back to the session to share. You need to make sure you're consciously grouping students while for a small task you might say it's okay to randomly group the students which zoom can do for you be aware that if you have a student who needs extra language support that you're putting somebody with them that can help translate those instructions as a teacher you need to move between those groups frequently to make sure the groups are on task students can use the ask for help button to page you to a room but you need to be more proactive and drop into each group and make sure that they know what their instructions are and that they're getting called out. Make sure the students are accountable for accomplishing something in their breakout room by building in a part of your activity where they bring back to share. I also use one-on-one discussions in breakout rooms. So if I need to discuss a scholar's grades, I can pull them into their own separate breakout room for that discussion. So when I create breakout rooms, I always add, add a few extra breakout rooms, a few carols for students who may want to work on their own that day, um, and also one for my office.
0: You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.